Welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the Finish Line Podcast. Today, we have a very uh, special guest coming on back. Uh, his name is um, Adam Steen, who is running for the 63rd Assembly District. And we're going to try to see if we can get support for him to get enough writing so he can beat Robin Boss. How was that introduction for you? Is that good enough or could have been better? That sounds absolutely lovely, sir. I appreciate it. Good. Okay, so... We have a lot to get into. Number one, I want to. So this has been uh, spreading around really quick. All right, what is your thoughts on the refinery in Indiana that's now uh, that caught on fire earlier this week, and now they the state or the transportation department or secretary of transportation uh, sent out a bulletin stating that. Uh, they're going to be a state of emergency for the Midwest. The states include Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana. What is your thoughts on that? And they're projecting a 50-cent uh, gas increase. Well, it, it's a very interesting uh, question to start off with uh, yeah. because um, what what we're looking at, as you know, is much bigger than just one problem at, at one oil refinery, right? Yep. So, um the the bigger the bigger question at play really is why why are we seeing these this I'm going to use the word global phenomenon of of shortages um, based on I'm going to use the word cataclysmic events if you will um, that we haven't seen just like food production plants right processing plants yep we have seen large quantities of those plants um, damaged destroyed um, in the last 12 to 14 months and to me, it's a red flag um so basically when when they say we're in a state of emergency um we have the ability in the united states to to fend off this this emergency right yeah we already had um back in january of 2021 when the pipeline here in wisconsin was shut down um whether that was a, a good or bad decision, we it put us in a bad position, right? Yep. So, so because that we're in that position of of instability, now we are at the mercy of these these incidents, and I'm just going to call them an incident for now. <laughs> uh, when when our supply chain is is disrupted, we have no fallback, right? We have no yep. backup plan, and that is something that I tried to explain to folks when they ask me if I supported the president of the United States, Donald Trump, when he was in office. And I said, the decisions that he made were benefiting our country, right? Yeah. Um, the idea of America first conservative is not just a, a bumper sticker. Yeah. It is, it is a way of life. It is a way of looking at the world around you. So to get back to your real question, um, the position that we are in financially when it comes to our fuel cost is a direct decision a direct consequence of the elections that we've had and the yeah. people that we have in place. Yeah. So basically I view it as uh, another ploy to control people as opposed to the people in these offices that are operating in these three letter agencies um, yeah. outside of the scope of the law. They are yeah. operating in their own best interest. So I, I, I really believe it is a, a scare tactic to, to gain more control and to keep people under the thumb of this tyrannical government that we're facing. 
Yeah, and you know, another thing that I noticed, uh, you probably noticed as well, is I want to get your thoughts on the most recent thing that came out that the Biden administration thought it was a good idea to forgive at least ten to twenty thousand dollars, depend on if you make less than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. But you know what? I did some research on it. It's going to cost the American taxpayers not six hundred, not three hundred billion dollars, like uh, the Biden administration says it's going to cost. It's going to cost us one point six trillion dollars. So the question is to you: Why the over excessive spending? We just spent in. Here's how in the past weeks we spent over $760 billion on the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which I don't believe is going to help at all. It's just a farce and it's a climate change uh, Democrat wish agenda uh, bill that they passed for the Green New Deal, number one. Number two, they gave the day after they gave Ukraine uh, $755 million. And then the following day, uh, the sixth week or the sixth anniversary, the sixth month anniversary, the Biden administration also sent out three, uh, six billion dollars to Ukraine, and now we have this three hundred billion dollars, now one point six trillion dollars, uh, forgiveness loan. Why the excessive spending? Why do you think that? <laughs> is? I mean, it's like well, it's hard to get your num- It's hard to get your brain. It's hard to wrap your brain around. For me, I'm like, man, this is like, it's like. It, it, I like it's for, for instance, you tell you have kids, so yes, you tell sir. Your kids, don't spend the money that you don't have because money does not grow on trees. What? Yep. Why can't people get that concept, especially in this day and age? Well, what what you're facing, um, and and this is fascinating. So almost to look at uh, um, this on a global perspective and how this comes down to a local a local level. So globally, you're seeing the impact of decisions of spending right so we're spending large sums of money greater than we have ever considered spending in the past yeah and i i truly believe it's it's because we have men and women in these offices with such a great disconnect that they don't understand the real impact of these decisions and dollars spent on everyday individuals so so the, the, the forgiveness plan that you're talking about, the money that they've sent to the Ukraine, all of these things are simply, it's, it's fiat dollars, right? We are, uh, I've, I've lost track, truthfully, to be honest, of our national debt, but we, we are dollars. 35, is that what it is? Okay, $35 yeah. trillion dollars in debt. So let's bring this practically. So the practical answer is you and I, don't get to live in our house if we don't pay the mortgage. We we are completely upside down in this country. And as long as we continue to send money outside of this country, we are never, ever going to fix the problem that we have in our country to, to get back to whatever you want to call it. You want to call it the gold standard? You want to return the value back to... Um, uh, we can pick a date and time in history... Uh, the value of the dollar, but without without cutting off this spending, we are not going to see reasonable change come back to to putting America first again. And and I and I I know that people are going to to listen to this recording ten years from now and say, well, President Trump spent X amount of dollars during his correct, but he was trying in every spin that he made 
um, to to reduce the amount of money going out of our country. Yep. Right. He wanted and, money coming back in. And I also want to clarify, he was spending that, but he was reinvesting it into America. Exactly. I want yep. to clarify that for the listeners, because I have people, from both, I have people from both sides. And <clears throat> it's interesting because now kind of switching back to Wisconsin politics. So I, yeah. wrote, an, I wrote an op-ed uh, or a letter to the editor talking about, you know, you see in the state of Wisconsin, you see the gas prices now it decreasing, well, somewhat it decreasing and stuff. And you also see that Governor Evers now is spending $600 million to help families to lower drug costs and to lower, uh, like, the food prices and to lower, like, essential items and stuff. Well, here's the problem I have, okay? And I, I want to get your thought on this. Well, who's, who is he helping exactly? I'm not, you know, and him bragging about, well, we are doing these roads, we're getting the uh, infrastructure done. Well, if you look at it, all right, the $1.4 trillion uh, stimulus bill that was passed last summer, that's what it was inside this bill, was this infrastructure bill to help out redo all the roads across America and redo the roads across Wisconsin. So why is he, I don't get that. Why do you think as a voter that people are like absolutely gnawing at him and now people, Republicans are down in the polls? Why do you think that is? Well, I, I believe it's a, it's called a false flag that they they raise this uh, concern. And, and to be very fair, uh, especially to the listeners on both sides, this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. This is a government issue. So mm-hmm. both parties use this same tactic. They get the resources, like you said, $4 trillion, right? They already have the resources allocated um, before the, the money is even brought to the state. It's a new a new spend that needs to happen. And to me, that new spend is simply a diversion so that people say, oh, they're actually doing something to help me. Because if you recall, I think you know, we're in this thing called an election cycle. Yep. And people are more attuned to what the government is doing. So if, and I know you know this, but if you look at the pattern of decision-making, that pattern of decision-making changes as we go into these cycles of elections. So mm-hmm. I believe that that the decisions that are being made, especially as it ap- applies to where this money is getting spent and making it more visible, is simply a ploy to get folks to say, oh, those those people in public office are doing something to help me out. Because that is the same thing my opponent chose to do in the primary. Yep. Well, we need to fix the price of food and we need to help the price of fuel. Well, Elections have consequences. Your decisions already cause those consequences. And you're using this thing called diversion, which is the false flag, to say, well, these are the problems, but you're not coming up with a solution. So simply by acknowledging that there's a problem and not being willing to fix it, that shows that they know how to manipulate the average everyday person. So that's really what I see by these these fluctuations that we're seeing in these prices and the, the, the media that's going out about it. Oh, and how they just lie about, like, they just lie so much. It's like, it gets really sickening. Well, yep. and, and you also look at, and you know, another thing that I find it to be interesting or I find interesting is how you have one speaker of the house, uh, it, the state of Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, his name is Robin Voss. How he's telling that, well, he's telling your district and he's telling like, 
uh, people are, well, vote for me because we need better internet or vote for me because we got to get all these infrastructure things done. But at the same time, to me, as a regular voter, I, I could really could care less about internet. You know, I could really care less about, you know, uh, the solar farm fields and the water. And, you know, you look at now the Democrats in Wisconsin are positioning towards, well, we got to save the water, you know, like Republicans. What is your thought on that? So um, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've served on the Wisconsin Soybean Board for the last six years. This was actually my I turned off in February of 2022. And we have been fighting with legislators um, especially in Wisconsin, about this thing called rural broadband. And the conservative side of the ticket, if you will, the Republican side, has always been saying, well, we're going to help get Internet to these rural areas that that don't have access. I I think it's a great idea, right? But I think it's also another talking point. So Mm -hmm. I have been intimately involved in this, this fight, if you will, because the, the funding has been there for at least three, the last three years, but the action to actually follow through with the funding hasn't happened. So yet again, we are in an election cycle, right? So we, we have them pandering to these issues. So let's go back to our kids and our, right? So the, the future of our, our society is in education and the left knows that, and they are willing to use our children as a tool against us to say, well, you have to fund these projects like rural broadband in order to give your kids the future that they want in education because they can't connect to the internet out in the country unless yeah. they have this rural broadband. So this is, <laughs> it's amazing all the topics that you've put together. They are, it's, it's, it's a smokescreen, right? Yeah. To, to show that we're actually talking about issues that matter to people, but these issues that we're talking about aren't actually going, they're not solving the problems. They had the ability to solve the problems and they chose not to, but now we're just talking about the problems so that people hear that we are saying the right words and not following through with the actions, just like the word election integrity. Right. I don't think they know what it means anymore. (laughs) No, I don't think so either. And you know, what's scary about that is so we're going to jump into that topic as well. uh, Kind of. Okay. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing that I noticed. All right, so if you really care about election integrity, all right, clearly Robin Voss could care less about election integrity because he fired Gableman. And, you know, when I read that, I said I was absolutely disgusted. I was disgusted with Robin Voss. Why do you think, why do you think uh, Gableman fired, or Robin Voss fired Gableman? Why do you think that is? And would there be unintended consequences to his actions? So I, I believe that he is showing his hand, if you will. Um, he, he believes um, that from a tactical standpoint that he is safe. Uh, he thinks that uh, if you noticed after the August 9th election that he chose to celebrate with champagne like he just won the Super Bowl. Um, and to me, he simply showed his ignorance and was stomping on the people that have actually been fighting these issues and asking and pleading with our elected officials for change. So to me, the confidence that he has is so, so scary because he thinks that the people of this state by firing Gableman and also last week he canceled the subpoenas. So he ended all of the subpoenas that were filed 
he could have continued those and and found out further evidence that Justice Gableman was trying to prove. He has attorneys that could have done the same thing, but he by canceling those subpoenas and firing Justice Gableman, I believe the consequences are going to be great that people are going to see what he truly is is doing, right? He's he's yep. truly just got a facade. Yep. And now that he doesn't need the facade, he he assumes he doesn't need the facade because he allegedly won by 262 votes that he doesn't have anything to lose, right? He is so, all powerful and he can oh, do whatever he wants. Go ahead. Absolutely. So for the listeners, they might not know what a subpoena is. Do you want to explain to oh, the sure. listeners what a subpoena is and why it's like it plays a vital role in our government, like especially in Wisconsin? Yeah, I just so, want to make sure they understand. Like, they're yeah. Along with, yeah, so. That's helpful. No, great. So a sub- subpoena is issued by a judge. So any any attorney can go before a judge. Actually, an individual can do the same thing if they follow the right procedures. And they can present evidence and request that an individual reply to that evidence. So the subpoena is to, and I'm going to use the right, maybe it's not the right legal word, but to implore or force a person to comply with the law because they will not, they will not follow through of their own volition. So if, if you and I are in an argument and we have to go before a judge because you you dented my car. You backed into my car and you swear you didn't do it and you're not going to pay for it. And we ended up going to court. The subpoena would force you into the courtroom. When I say above your will, it's because of the evidence that was presented that the judge deemed it necessary for this court case to be heard. So a subpoena is simply that that extra push that you need because you don't believe that you have to be there. This is why we have a judicial system, right? The judicial yep. system is that check and balance so that just anybody can't take you to court. They have to have due cause, right? Yep. So that's, that's the process that, that you apply for a subpoena. A judge grants the subpoena. Um, but in this case, the judge didn't grant the subpoenas, right? The subpoenas were requested, and they were sitting pending and a judge didn't actually grant them. And so by withdrawing those subpoenas, all of the work that went into providing the evidence to show the backing for why we needed this information, it's all wasted. And I believe that my opponent again decided that tactically on purpose because he is trying to smear the Justice Gableman's results yeah. And he is trying to say that he wasted all of this money because I've heard it because it's being repeated in the news, right? That yeah. that the Justice Gableman wasted a million dollars of taxpayer funded um, investigation that went nowhere. Well, it went nowhere because of the person who is funding the investigation, right? Yep. I was there on March 1st when he gave his report. That interim report is with clear and compelling evidence to go before a judge and present this case. But we haven't had a judge that's been willing to take it and put it, the evidence before the courtroom. So Man. that's where we sit. So what's, so what's going to be next for this situation or what's going to be next? Like what is the next steps that Gableman could take? Cause we clearly know that Robin boss will not do anything uh, besides get five, besides get hundreds of dollars from Nancy Pelosi and potentially like, 
um, get money from like a a boy money from Tony Evers, who I think they're working together to destroy Wisconsin personally, um, along with Alex Stallman, who, it, you know, what's interesting about him? Okay, so before I continue on, so there was reports of Alex Stallman giving money to Alex or giving money to Robin Boss. Okay, there were reports, and I don't know if it's I'm going to do my due diligence on it. I asked for, uh, reached out to Alex Stallman to do an interview and stuff. And you know what I found out is that he has not, he pretty much has ghosted me and pretty much ghosted our county. And so now what we're taking, the steps that we're taking as a county is we're going to censure him from the county Republican Party. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's interesting because he was given reports of thinking, well, you know what? Um, I'm giving $5,000. Now, that's how much I heard uh, that he gave $5,000 to the race for um, in Racine and that he was in Racine County and he was knocking on doors for Robin Boss and he was at that so-called after party. So you, it doesn't only flood. It, it's not only corrupt in the Racine County. It's also corrupt in um, it's also corrupt in uh, in our county as well, in Market County and in Adams County. So that's what I found out to be interesting. And what do you think this, so what do you think the solution is, you know, besides voting them out? What can Wisconsin voters do? Can they contact some, like, can they contact the Supreme Court justice, like in the state of Wisconsin or court of appeals and say, hey, you know what, you need to look into this. What can, what can your voters do? Or what can my listeners do? So this is, uh, you've, you've pointed out very, very specific examples. And I think it's good for you to do that, to state these are the problems that we're facing. But I think that's something else that we need to talk about from a 60,000 foot view is this thing called vision. And vision is something that as conservatives, we don't have. We want results now, right? We're very driven yeah. by, by results. We want answers and we want it now. If you look at the Communist Party of America, 1949, they had this thing called vision, and they're seeing it worked out on a daily basis. They had a 100-year plan, and they are working towards that every day, every week, every year since 1949. Isn't, so isn't, as that, isn't that scary? But it should be, um, it should be also eye-opening to those that are conservative that believe that the constitution is the guiding document that that fun, founded our country and that we can live by it we can succeed but we have to have a greater vision right so yeah. the answer to your question is we have seen over the last 30 to 50 years a complete degradation of our judicial system our prosecutors and our judges so even if we prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is massive issues in our elections we have laws that are in place yeah and these these people that are judges are some of them writing laws in their in their courtrooms right we had the overturn of roe v wade that's great but yep. on a state level a district level to get into these offices as a a judge or a prosecutor it's very easy because yeah. people don't pay attention so what I would love to do is to, to educate your listeners and say, okay, here's the plan. The plan would be we have to be engaged all of the time, even yep. in January and February when we're knocking doors for circuit court judges. We have to vet people and find men and women who understand what the role of the judge is. 
we have to get people into these district attorney positions that understand the role of the district attorney, right? It's yeah. to enforce the law, right? Yeah. They're the they're the arm that does the actual following of the law. So yeah. all, all of that said, um, I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but it, it's not going to take five minutes to fix. It's going to take 10 to 15 years. Yeah. But we have to realize that we need to be engaged in this process. Once you hear this information, you got to dig and figure out for yourself, what does that mean for me? Does that mean I'm going to give up uh, one of my kids' sporting events, right? Does it mean that as a family, I'm going to go knock doors for candidates? Does it mean that once a week, we're going to go man the, the Republican Party office, right? Yeah. What does that mean for me um, to, to actually get involved? So that, that's the, the short answer is, the, the people that you're listening right now that are that are seeing these problems, we're going to start painting a vision. They're going to see this over the next months that mm-hmm. that there is huge potential for change, but it only is going to happen if we if we actually are involved in this process of getting new judges, getting new district attorneys, and yes, electing officials. So those officials that went down and supported this guy that's destroying our country, right, and gave yep. him money. They need to be held accountable. And the only people that's going to hold, hold them accountable are the ones in their district. Yep. So they need voted out of office, but they need to have a replacement. So that's sure. another thing. Somebody needs to call me and say, hey, what's it take? <laughs> it takes yeah. a lot of work, but you have to do it if you want the change. So, yep. Yeah. Well, and so that is that plays a huge role. And another thing is, you know, even with, you know, why I'm like, I like seeing what I'm seeing out of Milwaukee school districts are people getting involved. Uh, like, for instance, like your families and parents and grandparents are now officially getting involved in like your Milwaukee school districts and, and sitting in on those meetings, you know, because you find and even in Eau Claire. So I'm, I'm starting to realize myself how families and mom and dads are getting sick and tired of this agenda and like are getting tired of you know your politicians and your school board members and even your city council and even your representatives taking advantage of this next generation and taking advantage of them that's what i like to see but i like to see more of them like being active in madison going to these uh, assembly committee meetings going and partaking and like um, having a calendar and really looking at what the bills are being instructed because You'd be surprised um, what you'd be surprised at the true colors that come out of people that um, go in front of these committees that you thought were you thought they were Republicans, but then you sit in front of it and you're like, oh wow, I did not notice that. Uh, for instance, Robin Ross, perfect example, uh, wants to cry out, "Hey, we got to have fair elections," but does the opposite and just to tickle people's ears. You know, you're exactly right, and that that knowledge that you've laid out is so, so critical because once you know it, once you see the, I'll, I'll use the word um, corruption for now, but once you see what's truly going on behind the curtain, you can't unsee it. No, right? and you want to get more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's sick. And you're like, oh, wait, I thought, for instance, like, oh, I thought like he, our representative supported us because he's got like an R, like a Republican. Oh, but I guess not, you know, and so like, yes. you don't see that true colors because you see the people like 
oh yeah let's go america like we support it and then it's like it's complete flip-flop it's like they're working together that's what that's i think it's important like what you said that we have to be involved with uh, manning republican stands and finding and taking that time because this is becoming more of saving for america this is becoming saving for our next generation because if we do not we will be in a world of hurt well and to be fair like you have to define some of these terms again so the republican party is by definition a grassroots organization yeah. we have allowed the republican party to dictate the the way in which we operate these county parties have the ability to to have the control and and run the party like they should. It should not be the RPW telling the county parties what to do. It should be the other way around. And that is why that education process is so important because once you show up and once you're involved, they know that you're listening and they know that you're, you're taking notes and you're educating yourself and you know, this isn't right. And once you know that this isn't right, the next step is action. And so that knowledge of hearing hearing what's going on, taking it in, and then doing your own research, those are the two things that I really believe we have to do to yeah. change this, this state back. Yes. So as we conclude, um, is there any final words? We will definitely want you back on uh, because my listeners, like they would love to have you back on. So we're going to have you back on uh, in the near future. Is there any final thoughts you have for my listeners that are like listening around Wisconsin that are nervous about what's going to happen in the direction that's uh, now words and they're reading reports and news reports stating that the red wave, that so-called red wave, is now diminishing. And that's going to be an onslaught of the Republican Party by having Democrats coming into office. What is your final <laughs> thoughts on that? Sure. So I, I believe that that you are being conditioned. Um, I believe that what you're hearing is is another false flag, right? Yep. That, that you're being told that, well, there's there's bad things going on all around us, but you can't change it. And this is, to me, the, the false information that we've been fed for the last 50 years. The, the people that, I, that are listening, and I'm going to be specific to my race, but this applies to every single race. You have to get off of the couch and you have to become engaged. Because if you're not engaged in this process, if you're not, and by engaged, I'll give you specific answers. If you think that there's a candidate that is running for public office and you believe that they are following an America first agenda, as I am, you have to come knock on doors. You have to contact them and make phone calls for them. You have to give them dollars to buy the literature to get the message out there. So all of these things are very, very tangible, very specific requests. My website is easy. It's my last name, S-T-E-E-N-F-O-R-U-S.com, steenforus.com. There's a volunteer page. There's a donate page. But every single candidate that's doing what is right has the same abilities and these same options in this general election coming up. If, if you talk, listen to the media that the red wave is going to diminish and that we're going to get a bunch of Democrats in this office, we're gonna, it's going to happen. Yeah. But if you actually get out and talk to your friends, uh, I've got 10 or 15 people that are converting their friends every day. They didn't have the information, right? Yep. They didn't have the knowledge. And, and Sosslin, seriously, if, if they have the ability to open their mouth and speak with, with knowledge, 
you're going to be able to convert your friends. And this yeah. is what people don't realize. I told my daughters, I know we got to quit, but uh, education is a transfer of knowledge. But without the fear of the Lord, you're not going to have wisdom. If yeah. you have and you take the time to pray and think about what you're actually saying to your neighbors and your friends, you can have these conversations. It just happened today, an hour ago. A guy I've never met. He said that we, he said, you mentioned the two things that nobody wants to talk about politics and religion. I said, that is irrelevant. People don't want to talk about it because they don't have knowledge and they don't have wisdom. So that would be my request to folks is I truly don't believe it's going to happen if we, the people actually stand up. I believe that we can get these America first conservatives in these offices and it's going to take time. And I want you to have patience, but you have to have faith. Faith without works is still dead. You have to do the work to see that faith worked out. It's not by your works that you get to heaven. It's through your works you see that faith worked out. So that would be my closing thoughts, sir. Oh, absolutely. And with this in mind, would you mind closing us in prayer? No problem at all. Dearly Father, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us. Thank you for the whole bodies and the whole minds that we can think, that we can apply the knowledge that you've given us to each and every aspect of our lives, whether it be in politics, whether it be in government, whether it be in church, whether it be in our families, help us to continually seek to follow your will. We know that you will give us the desires of our heart if we are following in your steps. Give us the desires to continually daily seek to become better at the task that you've provided for us and know that every step that you've given us is going to be ordered by you. But we have to have our eyes open. We have to be willing to step out in faith and to be able to walk forward and to serve you no matter where we are in life, no matter if we're going to our our daily vocational job, whether you've called us to become engaged in this thing called politics or government, help us to know that you are in control. We're not going to put our heads in the sand, but that we are going to follow your direction and your guidance. Thank you for everything you've given us. Thank you for uh, this opportunity to speak freely in this country. Help us not to take it for granted. Help us to realize that every day is a gift from you and that we need to treat our lives as a gift and that we need to give back to you the blessings that you have bestowed on us and to help spread the gospel to others. So thank you for everything you've done for us. Give us a good rest of our day and help us to continue to honor you in all that we do. In your name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. And with this in mind, remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. And thank you so much, Adam, for joining us and we'll have you back on soon. Have a blessed thank day. Thank you, sir. Bye. Yep, bye-bye.